the number one thing that companies do when they tell their brand story is they forget that it's the people that make the product, not the product that makes the people. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Delivering Marketing Joy. And if you haven't already checked out my new book, Hit the Target, then now is the perfect time. You can find it on Amazon or at hitthetargetbook.com. Now, on to the show. Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a repeat rock star. She's been here several times and she is well known around our industry. She is the new Chief Marketing Officer at Proforma. Charity Gibson, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's still weird hearing that said out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. It's still fairly new. It's still fairly new. And I guess that's why I really appreciate you taking the time to do this right now, because I know you are knee deep in a million different things. So it was big news, right? Across the branded merch industry when you were announced as the CMO at Proforma. So can you talk a little bit about how that came to be and what this new position means to you? Yeah, well, interestingly enough, I did not uh, go into the conversation thinking that this is the title that I was going to fall into. So if that um, answers any questions, uh, I definitely had CMO. On. It's funny because I was talking to a colleague. Um, I had applied for a VP of sales position and mm-hmm. did not get it. And I had been working with this person and said, you know, it's like, hey, this is just, you know, I appreciate the offer. And I didn't go and seek it out. Somebody said apply for it because it's open. I think you'd be good. And I'm like, well, I'll do it. Sure, um, sure. You never say no to applying for a job. Just the experience, I think, is worth it. Yeah. Um, and I had just messaged the, um, the owner of the company and said, look, in the next, you know, two to four years, I would love to have that job under my belt. Um, you know, or a CMO position. I really want to get into marketing um, full time. That's I want my main jam to be marketing. I love sales, uh, mm. but I just really I feel like I'm just I was born to be a marketer. I'm mm. good at the presenta- presentation side of selling. Um, but anybody that's worked with me knows like when you get to a certain point, it's just I get overwhelmed and I get insecure about the little tedious details. And um, I kind of I have an avoidant attachment. So I'm like, just no. Um <laughs> I didn't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Like I didn't right. want to be working in a place where I just didn't feel super confident about what I was doing. Uh, and I know people might be surprised to think that, and I know we're harder on ourselves than other people are on us. So mm. I'm probably, it's all probably a figment of my imagination. Dan Edge, he was like, you're really good in sales. You just need to own it. I'm like, but I really like marketing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I just want to be a marketer uh, anyway. So I reached out and I just said, you know, in the next couple of years, this is what I want. Would you mentor me um, to be, Become somebody that you would hire because mm. ultimately I think the best way to ask or to get what you want is to ask questions of what it's going to take um, for you to get there by somebody that has the ability to put you in that position. And yeah. he was gracious enough to say, yeah, let's get together. I'll mentor you and, you know, build that roadmap. And we were like working on getting a time schedule to start doing all of this um, and just happened into a conversation um, with Greg Armstrong who is the CSO at Proforma. And we were just talking about, you know, this and that and, you know, things and goals, et cetera. And he's a coach for Proforma. So of course he pulls out all of the, you know, um, 
things in your personality and can read things and just extrapolates and draws your goals out of you. And is like, well, what do you need to do to get there? And at the end of it, he's like, I really think that you need to um, talk with Vera. And so he reached out to Vera and I was on a plane um, shortly afterwards. And we honestly, we were not in the interview process. We were not supposed to be in discussions. We were not in anything. We were sitting around the dinner table. And when that came out of her mouth, of course, they had plans that I did not know about when that came out of her mouth. Um, and she offered me the job. I was like, yeah, that sounds phenomenal. I get in the car, I'm like, did you say CMO? <laughs> like, I don't want to give too much away because I'm like, oh, you know, like it makes it seem like, you know, there was some great masterful plan. I would love to say that it was like I had this whole, um, you know, I did have a master plan. It just was not, I didn't expect to realize it so quickly, but that's, I guess, the power of manifesting and putting it out there and then running towards it. Um, I think it finds you. But it was just a really great conversation. It was awesome to sit in front of somebody brilliant like Vera Mazzillo. If you have not met her in person and sat and taken the time to have a conversation, um, one of the most kind hearted people I have ever met on the planet. Like I knew she was a phenomenal person. They've been my customer performance, been my customer for a long time with peerless. Um, but wow, just a, a whole different level and her brain, she might be one of, well, I know she's one of the most, she might be the most intelligent person um, I've ever met. Kind of reminds me of Tony Shea. Did you ever hear Tony mm -hmm. Shea speak or watch yeah. him? Mm -hmm. Like, and you could like see the formulations and the permutations and the combinations and all the like thoughts colliding and the synapse firing when he was yeah. talking. It's the same way with Mira Mazzillo. Like it's like a computer. You can just see everything unfold. And it's just mm -hmm. the stuff that comes out of her mouth is absolutely brilliant. Um, so it was just a really cool opportunity. And, yeah. uh, it was really nice to have somebody of her caliber have a conversation with me and say, you belong here. Hmm. It's like, okay, uh, yeah. I'll take it. So That's really cool. I will say that it is funny when you refocus your energy, when you really do, as you say, create a roadmap, how... I, again, I don't know that anybody has really done a great job of explaining it. Manifesting is, is a part of it, but I think actions have to do with it and really just kind of mm -hmm. the way the universe sort of works. And so that's really, really super interesting. So that's cool. So now that you've been in the position for a month or so or whatever it's been, what's surprised you so far? Wow. There's been a lot of things that have surprised <laughs> me about yeah. Proforma. Okay. Uh, I think the number one thing, so the community has always been like, people are asking me, they have all for the last six weeks, why did you choose Proforma? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a ton of companies out there that offer um, uh, PO financing, their, you know, support assistance, etc. And the thing that has always set the different groups apart to me is the people. Mm -hmm. um, and I have friends across the industry, mm -hmm. um, still super good friends with a lot of competitors. Of course, that doesn't change anything for me. Promo is family. Mm -hmm. um, no matter who you work for, I'm definitely a big fan of collaboration over competition. You know that. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the biggest surprise, though, was just knowing how much I already loved these people mm. and just seeing them as humans at these different events, mm. but then coming into the company and really realizing how much it's not a show. Like, mm. um, and you know that it's not, but you know, like you're going, you're at a trade show, you're in these things and people like it's our job to like yeah. be on, be on. Mm -hmm. And it's like you get behind the curtain and I'm like, it's just that deep of a community. It's just yeah. that warm and welcoming and the hugs and the comments and the reach outs and the everything 
it's just like coming home. And I don't know how to explain it, but that to me, it's so cheesy. Um, <laughs> but I, I really, uh, I love that part of it. So yeah. it was a, just a big surprise that it, it's actually even more familial. And I mean, it's a family owned company, so that's all um, yeah. they are family, but literally like the community that they've built is really something special. All the owners, mm-hmm. um, they really they're just super genuine people. So that's cool. Um, yeah. That's cool. Okay. So regardless of the move, right? Like for you or for anybody, when you take on a bigger challenge, like you have to you know, like take on and develop new skills. So what's something that you feel like you need to grow in, for, in to do this new role well? Um, really quick. One of the other things I didn't expect as after you said that and we stopped talking, the number of Zoom calls that you're on in any given day. <laughs> um, I'm averaging nine hours a day in Zoom calls. I feel like coming from a doing role into a supervising role. Um, I do want to make that, I just want to call that out before I move on. Cause I think it's so important. Like, mm. you know, that that's tough for me. I'm a doer. So now mm. I'm like, I get to like instruct people to do anyway. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, kind a of transition. Exactly. it's a huge transition. So what mm. you just asked the second, the follow-up question, the second question is what are the skills that I need to work on, um, in this new role, uh, managing people, Mm-hmm. I thought was going to be my biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a team of 15 under me. So I, we are a big department. Yeah. Uh, we have huge goals for the rest of this year and for all of 2024. Mm-hmm. I really thought that the managing people and the behaviors and, you know, all of that would be a challenge. But oddly enough, I did take behavioral management classes. Uh, I, like you, read all of the time. So I'm mm-hmm. constantly um, learning about what makes people tick and synapse and science and neuroscience. So all of that stuff has fascinated me. And I didn't realize until I got in this role, how much that would um, stick in my mind and actually come out in situations. I'm like, Oh, this thing I apply, like I said, afterwards, I'm like, Oh, that was that book that I read. And that was this that happened. <laughs> right. Um, so it's really, really cool to see how much of a deficit I don't have mm-hmm. in that um, mm-hmm. arena. I also attribute a lot of that to promo kitchen. I know that sounds mm probably interesting, but you know, there's 20, 21 of us at any given time mm-hmm. on promo kitchen and it's all volunteers, right? Yeah. So that boardroom can be a bunch of doers and not, but very early on when promo kitchen first started back in 2010 and Mark Graham brought me on to help with the social media stuff. Um, the caliber of people in that organization, right? You've got the Danny yeah. Rosens, the Mark Graham's, the Brad White's at that time, Bobby Lee, Juan McGowan, um, John Irvin, the list just goes on and on and on and on with all of these massive names, CJ Schmidt, yeah. there's so many people in such high level places. Um, and Mark Graham brought me on and I sat in those meetings and every single one of those individuals, including you at one point in time, <laughs> also sorry, cause I know you had to hear a lot of them like <laughs> shut up sometimes, mm-hmm. but like my ideas were listened to. Like I was given clout, you know, mm-hmm. and, and given the time of day by people that had no reason to give me any time of day at all, but they let me run with scissors. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that whole group, the whole group has always just like, yeah, go try it. Yeah, go try it. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to fail. Okay, well, we'll adapt. Um, so Promo Kitchen to me taught me so many yeah. incredibly valuable skills about mm-hmm. leading the team and managing people and letting people's ideas be heard. Um, the biggest challenge though, so that aside, managing people I thought was going to be the biggest challenge and it's not. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me 
is um, letting myself give me permission to be a beginner again. Hmm. And knowing uh, that I don't have to have all the answers hmm. from day one. Yeah. Uh, that's a, it's a, it's a weird thing to walk in. I'm like, no, I want to hit the ground running and I want to do all these things. And you know, it's like, no charity, you know, a lot about this organization, but you need to know all about the organization. If you're going to do the things that you need to do, you need mm. to give yourself a permission to be a beginner again. And that has been the hardest thing is starting yeah. over. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, you know, it's an interesting lesson that you point out is if you want to learn to lead people, learn, learn to lead volunteers because they don't have to listen <laughs> to you at all. <laughs> right. Like, and so I think there's some truth to that. That's a really, that's a really good point. Okay, cool. Yeah. So final question for you. Um, obviously your job uh, as uh, chief marketing officer, as you know, it gets going and you get to learn the organization and learn the team. Part of your job is going to be telling the story, right? So what are some mistakes that you see other organizations make? And let's not call them out by name, but what, what so, uh, but organizations make when they tell their story and how, how, how can they fix them? You know, I think that is a phenomenal question, Kirby, and I'm really glad that you asked it because you're 100% right. Um, when I came into the organization, that's the one thing, like knowing about the people and being mm. inside the Mozilla's home and meeting Chef D and having the chocolate chip cookies and hear Vera talk about her travels and all of this phenomenal stuff and the soft way that she speaks and looks right into your eyes and knowing that this woman has so many things that she's managing but when she is with you, she is with you. And she speaks with this soft tone and you swear she's like seeing straight into your heart. I'm pretty sure she is. She has like a sixth, and a seventh and an eighth sense. Um, but people in, in companies, I think are so afraid of transparency, not because there's anything bad to show behind the curtain, but we have, we've been told our whole lives what things should look like, right? Mm, yeah. oh, well, we can't be professional and use a, a fun font. We can't be professional and, you know, have a video that's not polished and pristine. We can't be professional and use a color that's off brand. Like we have these brand standards, so to speak. And I think we've tried to universally apply them um, to humans. Mm. And I think the number one thing that companies do when they tell their brand story is they forget that it's the people that make the product, not the product that makes the people. It is a human behind every single piece of process, marketing material, anything. There is a person doing that job and all of those collective humans come together with their unique skill sets, right? Some of us are starters and some of us are finishers and some of us are storytellers and some of us are the worker bees and the, the, um, the administratives and all of those things come together to form this collective of what is this company. Mm. And I think the number one thing that people need to do to be better storytellers is to let the people tell their stories, because mm. if you're hiring the right people for your culture and they're a good fit for your company, um, it's not a liability for your brand in any way, shape or form. Mm. Right. It's like, I've yeah. been actually the perfect um, thing and I won't take too long. Cause I know I take too long a lot, but um, there was something I wanted to post on Instagram the other day. And I'm doing this 30 days of mocktails. There's a friend that I'm supporting um, who had, you know, a problem. And I don't really have a problem with alcohol, but in our industry, good Lord, everything is drink, 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 drink. Sure. Um, and so in help support of her, 
I was like, no, let's, we're going to all do 30 miles. Actually, a friend of ours said, we're going to do 30 days of mocktails together. And so I was like, well, I'm going to just actually put it online and just let everybody do it with us. Right. And I started thinking, what are people going to think? Mm-hmm. And I can't put this on my Instagram anymore because I'm the CMO of Performa. And then there was like today I was getting ready even I said the same thing. And it's like I was doing my hair and I was like in my bathroom and I was like swinging my, my um, <laughs> flat iron around and like singing in the mirror and dancing. And I was like, oh, I totally want to make another TikTok because I bet you there's people that would like dance with me. And it's just so much fun to like get people like you can do this too. like go and stop like being scared of who you are. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. I'm listening. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you can. They you've hired this position as a marketer. You're known in the industry and in your community for being fun loving and for being you and for being generous and for being kind and for being silly and for dancing and for just like making these funny videos. I'm like, you can't change because you became the CMO of Proforma. Like the Proforma is going to change because you are Charity Gibson and all of us, I think, should be ourselves and be more transparent. And as companies, I would just love to see us adopt making sure that we're telling the individual stories of the people that make the company move forward every day and giving each other grace. When we see another company's, you know, story being told or another individual, like why is that story being told and who is that person and not judging so much? Like, let's just be more accepting and try and figure out where that person's coming from and ask questions and learn about them and just really make it about, a discovery process instead of a judgment process. I like it. I like it. It's really good. Well, Charity, I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been fun. And uh, I'm excited to see see where you go, what what, we, what you do with, with the Proforma uh, organization. And it's, congratulations. I'm excited for you. Thank you so much for having me and Kirby. I just have to tell you, we talked about skills and inspiration and leadership and guidance. Um, you have been a huge part of my journey and we've been a part of each other's journey. (laughs) And it's just been so fun to watch you write your books and tell your story and be Mm. consistent. And so thank you for having me on here, but more importantly, just thanks for being you and for everything you do to share your spotlight with everyone. Ah, you're too kind. Hey, thanks for doing this. We'll do it again. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of delivering marketing joy. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 